at some point, okay, we need to put the textbook and the theoretical approach to things aside, because in my experience, an education is, is necessary, but it does not guarantee success, okay? There's just too many variables in the real world at play to be able to take a textbook and apply it, right, in, in every literally dimension and expect uh, that, that success will come. I've said it before, and it bears repeating. What you learn in school is merely, merely the table stakes for a successful career. It guarantees nothing. Okay, and all you have to do is look at around at, at very, very highly educated people that are struggling. And by the way, I see this every day because I coach young professionals who are right. struggling in the real world because they think that the pedigree, right, should, should guarantee something for them. And, and I keep saying, no, it was important to get the door open. But now you need to do some, some different things. I mean, here's, here's the thing, okay? Um, if everybody is, is learning the same uh, stuff, then they're all the same, okay? In other words, what we do is, is we perpetuate the herd of sameness, right? When we have a whole bunch of people, okay, who are trying to apply the same concepts that they learned in school, need to figure out a way how to break away from that. Mm, yes, food for thought. I think back to my kindergarten teacher framing my young mind. <laughs> but, you know, I don't use micro or macroeconomics anymore, Roy. And, you know, the last time I sat down and figured out the elasticity of supply and demand was, you know, ages ago. Anyway, well, here's, here's, uh, here's, I, here's a deal for, for me. Is it like, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I am being overly dramatic in this to make the point. Like I too, I've got a math degree, okay? Never solved a business problem with a differential equation in my life. I, and what I learned was, what I learned was that regression analysis in terms of predictability is basically useless. Okay, sure, it may give you a particular baseline to look at, but if that's yeah. all you relied on, you will be woefully failing your responsibility to an organization, okay? It's, it's the basic stuff, the platform stuff, but people need to break away from that and do more. And I'm, again, I'll repeat, I am not saying an education isn't important. I will never say that, but I'm saying it's not enough. Absolutely, that makes perfect sense. And it's, it's, still, it's still a bit of an elephant, but anyway. Yes. Uh, so from your perspective, do textbooks help individuals or businesses stand out or be creative and do things differently? Well, first of all, you got to realize that textbooks, right, basically teach compliance. Textbooks teach you to comply with principles and formula and concepts. Textbooks teach, as I said, formulas. Textbooks teach accepted doctrine promulgated by academics who, in my opinion, or in my view, have never run a billion dollar a year organization, okay? And that's a big, that's a big chasm as far as I was concerned, because I had the responsibility to take a startup to a billion. Okay, I, di I did not consult an academic to try and figure out how to do that. And for anybody that's listening to these podcasts, I had to say yes, I had to kill dumb rules. I had to cut the crap. I had to hire for goosebumps. You will not find those, okay, supported by any academic because it's not in their wheelhouse. 
right? Mm. And so what you have here is you've got a, a, a body of people all learning the same thing, okay? And if that's the case, right, then what we're doing is we're creating convergence of people mm. and their thoughts to all think the same way. And so the breakaway piece is really hard, Ian, when you have that. It's hard to get people to think differently when they've been taught to comply. When the textbooks tells them to comply, it's really, really hard to do. And so there are some challenges here. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so vehement about, about putting it down. I'm not saying don't get educated. I'm saying put it right. down now and right. start to take on other skills, which in my experience have proven to be very rewarding and very successful. Um. In terms of your own personal experience then, Roy, what are some of the things you learned as a leader that they didn't teach you at school? So, I know you've mentioned kill dumb rules, hire for goosebumps, yeah. but uh, what are some of the other things? Yeah, so so the first, con the context for this conversation is, is I have over 15,000 days of leadership in the trenches. Leadership school, in my world, in the trenches, was is over 15,000 days. I didn't go to school for four years. I went to school for 15,000 days. That's, that's the fodder for my learning right. in, in leadership. And here's a couple of things which, uh, you know, I've, I've talked to other people about them and they had their eyes kind of roll over sometimes because it's clearly not consistent with academic doctrine. First of all, fast is better than perfect. First of all, there is no such thing as perfection, uh, and yet mm. it's advocated, you know, through rules and compliance to, to exist. Speed actually is a competitive advantage, all right? And so what we need to do, what I learned, is that speed, even though it may not be, quote, what some people think uh, is perfect in the sense of compliance with principles, gives you a competitive advantage. It allows you, Ian, to try a lot. It allows you to be imperfect fast. And in my world, those traits, okay, resulted in progress in a highly competitive world to, to, to achieve a goal. The second thing I learned is losing is a better teacher than success. Because what success does is it actually encourages shortcuts in the application of yesterday. Whatever mm. worked yesterday, whatever was successful yesterday, people tend to duplicate it on a going forward basis, even though the circumstances may be different. And I got to tell you, that's deadly to try and apply a solution that worked yesterday to a different world tomorrow and expect the same results is my definition of insanity. Doesn't work. Mm. Okay. Failure, mm. on the other hand, taught me to look for different solutions, taught me to be more creative, taught me to be more innovative in terms of the way I thought allowed me to break away. Ironic, right? Failure taught me to break away from all of those constraints, okay, that I had by virtue of being in the past successful. Hmm. Another thing I learned, it was what got you here is limited use in terms of where you need to go in the future, which is kind of a, a bit of a spinoff of what I just said. It's like yeah. relying on what worked for you yesterday and expect that it's going to help you tomorrow is kind of like a dangerous thing to assume. Because again, it assumes that the conditions under which you were successful yesterday 
are the same tomorrow. And that's never the case. Okay. So mm -hmm. you have to be really, really careful. Don't assume that what got you here will get you where you need to get to. You always have to break away from that. You always have to do new things. I learned that you need to suck it up when you think you've been screwed over. That there's no easy way to move through disappointment other than take the body, take the body blow and move on. We're not taught at school, okay, to deal with um, unfavorable outcomes that hurt our ego and hurt our emotion. We're taught that there's a certain behavioral analysis at play and to understand why, why we feel crummy, but we're not taught how to recover from that. Well, let me tell you, I failed a lot, right? And I was hurt a lot. And I had to learn to take the body blow, take the punch and find another route. Because if I didn't, I would stop I would fail forever. And the organization that I was responsible for would not move. So on a personal basis, you need to, you need to figure that out. Another thing that I learned was strategic micromanagement, Ian, makes sense. Like there's a lot of, of teachings out there that says, well, great leaders got to delegate. You got to delegate. If you're not delegating, you're not a good leader. And what I, what I learned is Whereas that might be true for certain leadership functions, it's not true for right. all leadership functions. You don't, you don't delegate, okay, the, the architecting of the customer moment, the architecting of the organization to say yes. You don't delegate that stuff. The leader takes personal responsibility for that. So there's a number of things that, that I would never delegate. Um, and at times I was criticized for that. However, you know, you have to be really careful here. There's a huge difference between delegation and abdication of leadership responsibilities. And I find that there's a lot of people um, that delegate uh, and what they're really doing is just kind of like sloughing it off and, and abdicating. The last thing uh, I, I will mention here, you know, I got two more ones for you that, that I really like. I learned yeah. that you cannot train people to like human beings. I learned nope. that in the trenches, okay? In spite of psychology 101, 202, whatever, you can't train them, okay? Which, which you can train them to smile, Ian, right? Yep. You can train them to do all that sort of stuff, but you can't train them. You can't re-engineer re their DNA to actually care about human beings. Why is that important? Well, it's so important in customer service. It's important in serving. It's important in sales. It's a, it's a, what I would call probably the, the most important core competency in any organization is the ability to actually care for, for people because ultimately that manifests itself in terms of a customer transaction, building relationships, et cetera. There's too many people who say, well, yeah, we'll train them to do that. And I say, horse, that's not going to work. You can't train somebody who would rather be doing code to actually like a person. You can't do this. I learned that really on and it led me to all sorts of weird solutions to that, like hiring for goosebumps, hmm. right? You, where you try and figure out whether people really like humans. And there's a whole process that, that I actually created around that. The last one I want to mention here, and I know I'm going long on this, but, but with a point, I mean, these yep. are things that you will not read in a textbook other than be different or be dead. The last one I want to mention is doing it, I learned, is 10 times better than talking about it. You know, there's so much pontification. 
there's so much left-brained conversations going on around what should be done. And the problem with that is, as long as you're discussing, you know, the sort of academic pristineness of ideas, guess what you're not doing? You're not doing anything, you're right? Your feet are planted in the ground. You're not moving. You're not trying. You're not failing. Because this whole issue of, of execution versus thinking and planning is something that, that I learned so many years ago that says, okay, I'm going to take an imperfect solution because I know that perfection doesn't exist. And I'm going to get on it. I'm going to start executing it. And I'm going to learn on the run whether it was the right thing to do. And I'm going to morph it and tweak it as we go. So I'm going to head west. Don't know exactly where west yet, but I'm going to just start executing going west and I'll figure it out on the, on the, on the run. Um, get rid of the notion that says you need to spend 80% of your time figuring out what you want to do. I say figure 20% of your time on that and 80% in the field actually executing on, on your imperfect notion and making it better based on what you learn. Okay, so that is huge. Execution is a competitive advantage, by the way. All of these, all of these crazy concepts um, were, were basically formulated uh, in, my, in my head in order to make us competitive, in order to drive performance of the startup data and internet company through the roof. And, and you know, understanding that you can't train people like humans was a contributor to actually generating a billion worth of annual sales. And so was doing it 10 times better than talking about it. So all these principles were rooted in the desire and the intent and the need to grow the business to astronomical right. levels, which fortunately we were able to do. Super. You know, and when you're talking about that, you know what came into my mind? And it's, it, I know it's a, what time is it this morning? It's 8.47. It was a, a song. It was from Clint Eastwood's very, very first movie. Do you know what that was? Paint Your Wagon with Lee Marvin. And the song in there, the first three lines were, where are we going? I don't know. When we get there, I ain't certain. All I know is I am on my way. So, oh, you know, I, overcome the paralysis that people experience. Think of that song and get on your way. See, I love that. I, I absolutely love that. That's exactly, exactly the essence of what we're talking about. Well done, Ian. Well, it's also got who gives a crap built into it, right? But, but that's kind of negative. Anyway, uh, so Roy, what do you suggest people do instead of relying exclusively on the textbook? Well, I, th I think I think first of all, it's it's you need to get real, okay, about the value of the textbook, okay. It got you to this spot, okay, yeah. but it's not going to take you where you need to go, kind of like what we just discussed. So you need to think. I, I need to go beyond the textbook. As again, everybody who applies the textbook, you're not different. So if if your desire is to stand out, right, and be recognized. And, and be successful on the basis of that, then you have to put the textbook down. You have to start looking for ways to break away from that. I've given you some ideas, some of the stuff that works for me. It, it, some of it might work for you, some of it might not. But the point is there are things, there are gems out there in the practical world that have incredible potential. If only you would put the textbook down and go look for them. Textbooks, do not 
and they never will create remarkability. They create compliance and sameness, like we talked about earlier, which is okay if that's what you want. But if you want to break away from that, you need to do something different. And I think the, the bottom line for me is you need, you need to, to, to be pursuing a, what I would call a, a be different brand, a breakaway brand. And if you're comfortable with that notion, then, then you're certainly leaning the right way to kind of put the textbook down and in the right perspective, because it will continue to make a contribution for you in your, in your career and your life, but not as much as other things, which have a much more practical bent. So uh, keeping in mind that, uh, you know, the majority of people are looking at textbooks right now, uh, you know, are in school. Uh, to someone who's been out of school for only a short period of time, and I'm talking generically, not about you or I, um, uh, what can you tell them in terms of moving towards a successful career? Okay, well, I guess, first of all, I, I hope, I mean, I hope we've stimulated some thinking out there about, about the purpose of a textbook and the purpose of education. It's valuable, but it's not enough. Having people say, okay, I'm willing to go beyond that is, is a positive step. Find mentors who have done stuff. Go find a mentor that has what I call an MBA, which is a master in business achievement. Go find some of those people. Talk to them about what, what made them successful. Talk to them about the ideas beyond textbooks. Right, that they've used to employ in, in, their, in their journey. Look at the textbook as a door to success that you've earned the right to open. So now open it and go find other stuff. The one piece that I think is it was so important to me is, and we've talked about this before, is try and find out what you're the, the only one that does what you do at. You need to, to move from textbook thinking to try and be the only one who does something that people care about. Okay, if you can find that sweet spot, I got to tell you, personal rewards are there, not just from a money point of view. It's not what I'm talking about. Just the satisfaction of actually achieving something that other people don't, I find ex extremely rewarding. And, um, and, and also treat it as a journey. Do not expect overnight results. Okay, it's like take a baby step. Get a nano yep. inch worth of progress fast is kind of the right attitude to have and just stay to it, stay to it and ask for help. I can't overstate the importance of finding somebody that you trust that has this, this knowledge of practical experience, okay, and use them. They will help you. Believe me, practical people want to help because they can see the challenges with putting the textbook down and they would like more people to put it down. 